Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Well, it is now official. We have made it through one full year of the Revival from the Bible podcast. We launched this on July 1st of 2020, and so now we have made it a full year, a full trip around the sun, and a full journey through the Bible with today's reading. Uh, This is the second year that we've, as a church at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, have used this Bible reading schedule, but we didn't start the podcast until halfway through 2020. Uh, So now we have made it a full way through the Bible, and our plan is to continue on all the way through the rest of this Bible reading program this year. And we've got some ideas for some things we might do next year as we continue to dig into God's Word together. Now, it is so important for us to be in God's Word. We've chosen to call this reading plan and this podcast Revival from the Bible because that is something that we all need on a daily basis. We need God's Word to revive us. We need to see the truths about God. We need to see His glory. We need to see the gospel. Sometimes we need to be confronted uh, by Scripture, and all of that will work to revive our souls. We need that so much. Another reason that we need God's word and we need to be in it regularly is because uh, this is the way that God has chosen to speak to us with authority. And if we start letting our knowledge of God's word kind of slide, we will open ourselves up to some dangerous things because we need to know what is true and what is false. And the only way we're going to know that as Christians is based on what the Bible says. And we're going to see how big of an issue this can be as we start the book of Galatians today. And we're going to read Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Now, we need to set some background for uh, the book of Galatians. This is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the churches in a a region known as Galatia. So, you even notice there in verse 2, it says, to the churches of of Galatia. So this isn't to one church, this was to churches in a region in what would now be modern day Turkey. And he's writing to these churches and it's very clear uh, from the beginning, and you'll see that even today, why he is writing this letter. Because he has some strong concerns about things that are being taught in that church that relate to the gospel. And it seems that kind of like we see in the book of Acts from time to time, uh, it seems that some were coming into this church and saying, you need to be circumcised to be saved or some things like that. And again, we see that in the book of Acts, but we see Paul kind of countering those thoughts here in this book. And you can see how serious this is right from the beginning. I mean, there's some greetings, the typical grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 3, but then look how strong it starts in verse 6. I am astonished, I am shocked that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. 
Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say it again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Right? Look how strong he is right out of the gates, countering this false gospel. Now, again, have an, has an apostle come and preached the gospel to you? Uh, no. What do you have? You have the word of God. You have the completed scriptures. That is how you are going to know what the gospel is. And so that's why being in God's word and knowing God's word is so incredibly important. And so we see that in the reading today, but notice how strong he puts it, that even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. And that's where we need to be tied to the scriptures, because every once in a while, there's going to be a new book that comes along that starts to say things that stray from the gospel, or there's going to be a new cult that comes along. Even living in the Treasure Valley in Idaho, there's definitely a pronounced presence of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they basically proclaim that an angel came and preached, well, a different gospel. Now, what's so different about this gospel? Well, one of the arguments that Galatians is going to clearly make is that we are saved by faith and not by works. So in some ways, that, that theme seems to be similar to the book of Romans. And so he's trying to make it clear, no, we cannot add works to the gospel. And I would say, when you're looking for some of the clear differences between the Mormon church and biblical Christianity, well, there's a lot of important differences, but one is it's a different gospel, where it's very clear that the Mormon gospel involves works, that you must uh, do certain things to be saved. And we as Christians need to reject that. Why? Because the Bible rejects that. And even if you feel differently or you read something differently, if it contradicts what the Bible says, it's no good. And it even goes so strongly here to say, let the one who is preaching that message be accursed. So we need to hold firmly that, no, we are saved by faith and not by works. And that's where some of you need to examine your own lives and need to make sure that we're not letting that idea creep into our own theology, thinking, well, if I do certain things, then I'm okay with God, or even basing our assurance off of, of our salvation more on our works than on the promises of Jesus Christ through the gospel. We need to know God's word because we need to know the gospel. Now, as we go to... Uh, Luke chapter 3, we're going to see, I think, another gospel error where some try to add works to the gospel. Well, in Luke, I think we're going to be reminded of another error that I see very commonly made today, and that is when people try to remove repentance from the gospel. And we're going to see how that you, you can't square that with what Jesus said. You can't square that with what the apostles said. You can't square that with what the Bible says. And today, specifically, you can't square that with what John the Baptist said. And we're looking at Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, where we see John the Baptist uh, show up. And we see him starting to 
minister, and it says in verse 3, and he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so there we see um, how what his message was, repentance linked to forgiveness. And that is something I think we see clearly in scripture. You will not be forgiven without repentance. And now we need to clarify something here because you might say, well, you just said we can't add works to set the gospel and salvation, but now you're saying we can't be saved without repentance. Well, is repentance a work? And that's where I would say, no, it is not. Uh, repentance is very much linked with faith. You can think of them as two sides of the same coin. And repentance, the main idea there is to turn. And so even as you think about repentance and faith, we're turning from ourselves and our sin and to, in faith, Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So that is not a work as a one-time decision that is made in the heart that then leads to works and leads to fruit. And you see even there, look at how John the Baptist describes it later in verse 8. He says, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. So repentance is kind of a decision linked with faith in our hearts as we respond to the gospel. And then the works will be the result afterwards. And so we need to see these things, I think, very clearly in scripture, and we need to make sure that our own minds are thinking clearly through this, that hey, it's not the gospel and we're not responding to the gospel if there is no repentance, if there is no turning from our sin, we have not responded to the gospel. But if we start to think, well, no, I have to go and do all these things first before I can be acceptable to God. No, that is not the gospel either. And that's where we need to be careful not to confuse the idea of repentance, which is an instant decision with penance. This idea that I have to go do things to make up for what I have done and to kind of earn that forgiveness, right? No, repentance is a one-time instant decision and the, the, the forgiveness is instant where penance or this, what they were teaching in Galatians is no, you have to go get circumcised. You have to go do something. And then only after you have done that something, um, can you be saved? Or no, the gospel says, hey, wherever you are, who, whoever you are right now, Jesus Christ has died on the cross. He has risen again, and you can turn from your sins and put your faith in him right now. And in this moment, in this instant, be forgiven for your sins. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to make sure we've believed. And that's what we need to make sure that we are uh, presenting to others. And we need to be careful that we're not removing repentance from the biblical response to the gospel. And we also need to make sure that we're not adding works into the equation on the wrong side, where yes, works will result from true salvation, but no works are not required. They're not a prerequisite to salvation. They're the fruit after. The good news is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose again. And the response that God calls for is that we would turn from our sin and put our faith in Christ. And when you do that, boom, you are saved. That is the gospel. And then scripture makes clear, if you are saved, then there will be fruit in your life. And so that's something that we need, again, need to make clear that we're not just leaning into our feelings or something that we've heard, but that we are leaning into scripture. And that's why we want to continue to read through the Bible together. Now let's go look at Psalm 78 again, and we'll look at verses 32 through 40. And here we kind of see a weak example of repentance. 
And it says in verse 34, when he killed them, they sought him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock and the most high, their redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths and they lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him and they were not faithful to his covenant. And so there we see not every profession of repentance and not every profession of faith is genuine. And we see that they were kind of just saying the right things to try to get out of trouble here in this case. Uh, And so that's something we want to kind of look at our own lives and say, hey, when I repent in kind of the big scheme, do I see the fruit of that? Because not all claims to repentance are genuine. Or even if you think about it on a smaller scale, when you do need to apologize to somebody, is it a genuine apology or is it just I'm saying the right things to try to move forward when I don't really mean what I'm saying? Because from the context here, it seems clear that the Israelites didn't really mean what they were saying. But even in spite of that, we see the incredible patience and compassion of God in verse 38 when he says, yet he being compassionate atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. And that's encouraging for us because even as we continue to grow in the Christian life and we continue to see sin in our lives and repent of it, even then that repentance is not always going to be perfect. And that's where we're thankful for a patient and compassionate God that is working in us and making us more and more like Jesus Christ. Um, but here we see in Psalm 78, hopefully, like we talked about yesterday, we, we see some things in the mirror, even though it's describing people and places and things from uh, thousands of years ago that we would say, hey, whoa, this this kind of fake repentance, I've seen that. And you know what? There's probably some times in my life where I'm guilty of that. And that can encourage us um, to examine ourselves as we grow and continue to become more like Christ in the Christian life. Well, finally, let's look at 2 Kings 15 and 16. And in this passage, we see a couple good kings of Judah. Uh, But then chapter 16 is a sad story of King Ahaz. And as we read about King Ahaz, we see how he did not pursue God. And when things got intense um, and they were just being threatened militarily, he went off and sought a foreign king to help him instead of really seeking God. And then he commits idolatry because he sees this altar in this pagan temple and he seeks to bring that to Israel. And he actually makes a replica of this pagan altar and he sets it up in the temple. And let that be a warning to us that we can't take what the world is doing and use that as, well, this is how I then am going to worship God. This is a sad story of King Ahaz. In the midst of a lot of sad stories here in 2 Kings 15 and 16, we're really getting towards the end of the northern kingdom of Israel, and we'll actually read about that tomorrow. Um, But here we see a sad story of one of the kings of the southern kingdom of Judah, and how instead of seeking God and worshiping God the right way, he sought help from the world and sought to worship according to the way of the world. 
So I hope this helps us see in so many ways we need revival from the Bible. And I'm not talking about the reading plan or the podcast. I'm talking about the real thing. We need God's word in our lives because this is where we will see the truth. And we need that truth. We need to be challenged to even examine, hey, in some of the ways I'm repenting, is that genuine? Is it godly repentance or is it just worldly sorrow? We need God's word in our lives every day. So let's keep going. Let's keep going through God's word together. And I look forward to doing it again with you tomorrow. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.